to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you Hello and welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your regular Disney podcast. I am Tony Pascal. I am Josh Whitehead, and this is season three. Season three. We've done it. We've made it. We're here. Everybody, look at us. Look how famous. Tony, what are you doing with all of your extra money now that you're rich and famous as a podcaster? I uh, am podcasting in my classroom. Uh, <laughs> 20 minutes away from my house because my cell phone doesn't have service at my home (laughs) no tony no tony we're supposed to be talking about how rich and famous we are now like for example i I had uh, a ratatouille no i've I've had that once but it was and it was very good i uh am eating caviar with a straw yeah 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 i've started shopping at whole foods so that's that's like a that's like a we're, we're getting into the next tax bracket. That's pretty cool. Whole Foods is great. Way to go, Whole Foods for being uh, for being great. I've started. People eat caviar with straws, right? That's a thing. I don't. I don't think they do. I mean, you can. I I don't know if that's something that you'd want to do. In my experience, caviar is not especially good. But. Speaking of, of tasty and expensive foods that we can totally afford now, hell yeah, we, we are talking about uh, Ratatouille. To Ratatouille with season three, Ratatouille. It is a 2007 Pixar movie directed by Brad Bird, and I think this is a good one for us to to start out on, Tony. It's it's a fun one, and it's about you know food and stuff, and and it's. It's good. What have you have you tried any of the food that they mention in this movie other than like cheese and or bread? Uh, I've had soup. Okay, sure. I've yeah, yeah, yeah. Had, I've had ratatouille. It you, is tasty, it but is. mine didn't look really like the one that was there on the <laughs> on the plate. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean that's well, you know, that's a professional rat doing that, but like that's true. You know, yeah, I don't know if you have professional rats making food for you regularly. I actually want to ask you, how would you feel if you, if you like, knew that the restaurant had rats cooking? Would you be cool with that? Uh, I mean, like, they do sanitize. I mean, I guess in, in reality, like, as long as they're, they're like, they, they go through that dishwasher once or twice before getting in there and make sure they have, like, clean hands and everything, then, yeah, whatever. I mean, like, if it's good and they know what they're doing, then... You know those, like, things that people put on their beards, like, the like when they're cooking? Uh, and, like, the hairnet that you have to put on your hair, and then, like, if you have a big beard, you put it on your beard, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how would you solve that problem for a rat? You just, like, you just wrap them up in it, and then they have to, like, like put, put your their arms, arms... through? Yeah, they have to, like, put their arms through. Or they just sit on someone's head and use them like a marionette, because that's how humans work. That's true. <laughs> yeah, little did you know, if you pull on your hair, uh, your arms naturally do do whatever you're doing with your hair. So, like, you could just yank on your hair and then you, you stand. That's how hair works. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I've got some trivia to start us off, Tony, if you're interested. 
Absolutely. Okay. Well, I have uh, not not too many. We're gonna talk about a few as we go along. But this movie was 2007. It was pr- uh, directed by Brad Bird. Like I said, he is also the guy uh, at the beginning of the movie who does the um, talking about cheese and stuff in the commercial, or not in the commercial, but in the documentary. He's talking about yeah. like cheeses and stuff. Uh, Patton Oswalt okay. is the main character. He plays Remy, uh, Patton Oswalt. He got the role by doing stand-up about the menu at the Black Angus Steakhouse. And Brad Bird saw him do the stand-up routine and was like, oh, I got to have him play a rat who can cook. Lou Romano... Was this like a breakout for him? Was this like a early, no. early no, no, project no, no, for him? No, 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 no. Uh, Patton Oswalt was already pretty big before then. Uh, Lou Romano's okay. in it as Linguini... Janine Garofalo is Colette. Peter O'Toole is Anton Ego. Uh, Will Arnett is in it. Like you got, you got some big people. John Ratzenberger, obviously the guy who's in every Pixar movie as somebody, Woo-hoo! plays one of the the side chefs or the sous chef, I guess. Mustafa. That's pretty much all the people. Oh, James uh, Remmer play, plays uh, Larue. He's if you saw him, look look, up, look him up. You would recognize his face. So it booked. $620 million in the uh, box office. So it was it was a big movie, Tony. It was, like, really, really, really big. Uh, yeah, I remember this was, like, in a period of time where I was not watching, like, I'd watch every Disney movie as a completionist, sort of, but not, yeah. like, I wasn't paying close attention to them. So this was actually only the second time I watched it, and I was surprised by how much I liked it. Yeah, and, and it is up there as one of the better... Pixar movies between the two Disney Renaissance, uh, because following this movie was uh, Wally. Wally came up came out the year after. So, and some people argue that that's the start of the second Renaissance. So, like, yeah, there, there's definitely like they're they're working towards back to like really really good quality Pixar movies. And I like this one a lot actually. As I was watching it, I, I remembered really really enjoying it. So I have uh, a few trivia facts for you real fast. They kept pet rats at the studio in the hallway for more than a year so the animators could study the movements of their fur, noses, ears, paws, and tail. That's kind of and interesting. And who took them home afterwards? I don't know. They, they, mm. they just did, I guess. Moved them somewhere. Kept them in their kitchens. They <laughs> also, to find out how to animate the scene where the head chef is wet, they actually dressed someone in a chef suit and put him in a swimming pool to see which parts of the suit stuck to his body and uh, which parts you could see that's through. Funny. So I want that job. Kind of cool. <laughs> I, want, I want to be the, the person animator study. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of, like, little things about, like, here and there. You see, like, tie-ins to, to uh, The Incredibles. You see tie-ins to Up. You can see Gus from... Uh, not Gus. Yeah, the dog. the uh, Doug um, from Up. You can see him at one point in the movie. You can see... Hal, the cockroach from Wally on Linguini's wall. You can see um, Bomb Voyage, the the villain from The Incredibles, as the mime in the park. You can see like a bunch of these tie-ins. There's posters for The Incredibles everywhere, and it came out in 2004. So like, they they're just like laying it on thick in Paris. There is this interesting fact about the fact like there was the person who originally came up with the idea for this movie in 2001. Their name was Jean Pinkman, or Pinkava, excuse me. Disney didn't think that Jean Pinkava was getting the job done in the way that it was going to produce, 
like a greater story so they turned it over to brad bird in 2005 and brad bird added little things like um killing off gusto at the beginning of the mo- uh in the beginning of the movie and giving larger roles to skinner and colette and uh he also designed the rats to look a bit more like rats as opposed to like human-y giving them more like human characteristics also mostly female animators worked on colette so like Colette was basically Sweet. only animated by females, which is really, really cool to me. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. And also, I fucking love Colette. I'm so excited. Yeah, I really, uh, really like Colette her. as well. Part of the story was supposed to take place in the catacombs below Paris, but it was dropped when Brad Bird took over the story. That's pretty much all the trivia I have. I've got a few things that I'm just going to interject here and there that are interesting. Like John Ratzenberger, obviously was a big part of this uh oh oh the the a113 the classroom at uh cal arts um it it makes an appearance everywhere in every pixar movie the a113 it was the door in monsters inc yada 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 Mm -hmm. um it was the earpiece on the the big big rat um he has a little tag on his ear um, and it's got uh, A113 on it. So he was a lab rat. Oh, yeah. whoa. That's wild. But it's meant okay, to cool. look like, like an earring. Lot. Yeah. It's ma- yeah. meant to make him look like awesome and badass and stuff. Oh, speaking of which, this is an adult podcast. So if you were a child, then uh, go play with your pet rat who also helps you cook. And don't listen to this because you're a child. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Saucy yes. language, something, something, cooking, something, something, sauces. Yes. Good one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Man, you, man you, you are, you, you've really grown as an artist and a comedian in the past months. I, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I want to say that I, I appreciate that you've, you've given effort to growing. Let's let's watch this movie, Tony. I'm I'm excited to do it. All right, do it, do it, do it. Pause. Okay. Pause. No, I said pause. But pa- pause a second time. That's play. No, pause. Double pause. Okay. Do you watch it? Unpause. Okay, unpause. You're back. Hello. No, I said unpause. Welcome to our unofficial Disney podcast. I'm Josh Whitehead. Oh my gosh. <laughs> let's do this thing. <laughs> Okay. Josh, so this movie comes out swinging. We we see the like the 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 TV, the like old TV, and it's like uh, talking about how the best food in the world is in Paris. The best food in Paris, or the best food is in Fr- France. Best food in France is in Paris, etc. Right? Yeah, yeah. And we meet this chef guy, Gusteau, uh, and he is like a he's like like a Mother Teresa type character. He's like, he's so, or like Bob Ross, but for cooking. He's super creative. (laughs) He's super like, let me tell you about, let me tell you about your soul and your life and like how can, like how you can be a good person. And he like does it in like, in terms of cooking, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna make this happy little sauce. Uh, Don't worry about making mistakes. All mistakes are only happy little accidents. <laughs> uh, That's basically who he is, right? He's just like French. He, he is. He, I mean, he's, he's like a French Bob Ross, but only with food, and not like Bob Ross in any way. 
Yeah, I, that's a good comparison. I I do like Thank this you. intro. I think that it's interesting, like the way they they we start out with the the documentary, like just opening us up to the world. We're in Paris. We're talking about food, and then we have uh, Remy bursting out of the window. Like there's a gunshot through the window, and then you see Remy bursting out of the window. And then oh, we, it's so good. We, we like backtrack, and I really I think that's an interesting intro in terms of like time and perspective. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, so the the him bursting through the window is like a callback to the good, the bad, and the ugly, where like there's a, like the gunshot and uh, Tuco jumps through the window. If you've not seen it, ah, oh, it's so good. You should definitely definitely go see it. Yeah, I, I like that callback too because uh, I totally recognized it as that and didn't at all breeze right past it. I, I did. Think <laughs> I I think that I like I like the fact that they're doing that sort of stuff. I, I it's so unique to to this movie though. Like you don't see that often. I actually thought that a lot. There was a lot of places where uh, there was like like a lot of like actiony scenes. Like it. Well, Bolt was, like, right after this, right? Yeah. It, like, in some places felt like that, where, like, it's just, like, uh, it, the camera follows a character, like, through, like, action sequence. Like, the ch- they're, they're, like, Mission Impossible-style chase scenes. Like, it's really cool. Like, it's a very, like, interesting style. And I think the only thing that was closest to that was, was Bolt that I could think of. Yeah, I agree. And I think Bolt, only because that's what they were going for, was, like, an action sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I, I agree that this is, like, a very unique kind of filming. A very unique kind of, like, we're focusing on perspective, we're focusing on time, and it's all told through this one character. I I think it's interesting, too. I kept thinking through the entire movie, this feels like an indie film to me. Did you get that at all? No. I, I kept seeing, like, these these things that are, like, traditional indie film things. Or not traditional, I guess. They're not really a traditional in indie films, but, like... I guess, like, the, these tropes that you always see in bad indie films. Like, when... Whoa, now. What? I, I'm let's talk. Go ahead. Oh, well, well, like, for example, when, when we're in the sewer, right, we see him, like, looking up in, in the, the, like, column of light from the sewer, and he's like, so alone. I, I, I've been down here so alone for so long. Uh, and, like, the, the darkness surrounds me. And, like, these shots of him, like, over time looking up or, like, looking around. It just, it felt very indie film. Uh, mm. Or, like, later on, there, there's a couple of things that I'll bring up later. But, like, I, I just kept feeling that. Like, man, this this feels like an indie film to me. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to let you convince me as we go through the film. Okay, that's fine. Uh, right now, I, like... I'm like thinking the Batman when you said that, which is again not an indie film. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you convince me though. Okay, we'll we'll we'll, we'll come up to those other areas and I'll I'll show you. Um, okay. There's this. I we let's talk about this, Tony. We haven't done this in a while, uh, mostly because we haven't okay. done the podcast in a while. But let's sure. let's talk about like themes. What what themes do you pick up from this movie? Um, okay, so the big theme for me. Uh, is that if you want to run a really good restaurant, you should hire a lot of rodents to cook for you. Yeah, let's let rats in. That's the trick. That's a that's a good theme. 
rats are always a big help in running a successful restaurant. Right. I think the big thing that I get is the the very obvious one, the, the clear, anyone can cook, right? There's this, it says it from the beginning, anyone can cook. It's Gusteau's motto, it's his mantra, it's the whole thing. Anyone can cook. Mm-hmm. But there's this other thing that we get as we move along in the in the restaurant that's like there's this existing class system there's this existing like set of of uh chain of command of chefs uh, of people in the food industry that you have to Mm. start from the bottom and work your way up and that kind of works against the idea that anyone can cook i think because like ooh yeah if does, does that make sense is that reaching yeah it does uh, like, so, like, Colette talks about it explicitly. Like, she, like, brings out the sexism of the, like, system explicitly. She's like, you see how hard I work. And we'll talk so much about her. I have a ton of things to say about Colette. But, yeah. like, but it's not just her. Like, the rats in this movie are, like, meant to sort of symbolize people who are in a, like, looked-down-upon class. Yeah. Uh, like, like people who shouldn't be in this, like, fancy restaurant, right? Right. People that... Um, not they're not like unwelcome they're just not expected and so because they're not expected that eventually transforms in society to mean like you're probably not welcome here yeah Um, yeah it's 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 a really like it's definitely like a poignant like society sort of like note. and they talk about it pretty explicitly throughout the movie i'm pretty excited to get to it um like and we'll talk about it yeah later yeah, and, and there, there's a couple things leading on to that theme that we'll get to towards the end. But I, I let's go back to this beginning. I'm glad we talked about our themes. We're they're going to be overarching themes. We'll continue to talk about them. Yeah. This intro is interesting to me. The, the fact that yeah. we, we we see him like constantly being at odds with his father and his his family, and yeah, the only person that really gets him is his brother. And even then, it's hard for him to convince him to, like, go inside and get food. Or, like, he, he like, shares some of his fancy food with him. And he's like, yeah, this tastes like food, I guess. And Remy's like, no, you gotta, like, it, it, it has this nice, like, lightning-y taste. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, interesting. it's cool. Yeah, like, so we see Remy, like, Remy wants to, like focus on the taste and the flavor uh and his dad like is very practical like remy's like trying to be artistic his dad's like okay but just make sure we don't die be a poison taster basically poison tester uh there's like the stealing versus like uh garbage conversation like why would like it's not stealing if it's garbage but why would we want it if it's garbage like that's a really like uh really like eye-opening sort of moment too yeah, and that's that's another big theme that I think relates to the other theme, the, the like class system kind of theme, is the fact mm-hmm. that they are downtrodden. They're supposed to be representing lower class people. There's this there's this conflict for Remy of take and make, right? So like there is um, the idea that fits with his his kind, his people. That is, we have to take to survive. That's the only way we're going to live. And then there's the idea that Remy brings to the table that is in in conflict with that idea that is make. I want to make things. I want to contribute to society. So it's more than just about surviving. It's about living versus the take idea, which is 
we're going to do something that is unethical for the sake of survival, but we're not really yeah. living. The, so, like, it, it, it's it's amazing to me that this is brought up so early. <laughs> this is this is an issue that we deal with from the very beginning. Of yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, that that it's like okay, I I get it. They're 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 poor. They have to survive. But Remy is different. It, there, there's. There's, like, this whole thing. He goes into the house, and he's, like, searching through the spices while Gusto is on TV. And his stupid brother leads the old woman directly to the colony that I don't know how she hasn't noticed before because they are literally crawling around constantly above her head. Um, yeah, she's, like, an old lady. Yeah, Let's I guess. some slack. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but, uh, but yeah. she's really hardcore with his gun. She's like firing everywhere. Pow 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 pow. Yeah. She it, shoots it, the roof like a hundred times, <laughs> trying to aim at this uh, <laughs> this yeah. I, this I think rat. That but going going a little bit wild with this gun, you're you're like gonna destroy your house for the sake of killing a rat, or rather a lot of rats. I I will say I think that it's fun. This thing that like they've got boats ready, they they've got a backup plan always prepared. They're like, they're like doomsday prepper rats. They've got like, they've got, <laughs> they've, <laughs> I want to see a show about these rats. Like, uh, well, the day is gonna come, you guys. We got to make sure we've got food and provisions. We got to make sure we have boats ready to go and like, and like food on the boats. And we got to have like, the 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 boats covered up. Don't want anybody to see these boats. Um, they, yeah, they're ready. And the boats are like, yeah, they're for real, and they, yeah. they knew this day was coming, and it did. And so they all like rush out. Uh, Remy goes back for the book, which is where we get the him busting through the glass with the book scene. Uh, <laughs> you got to think from this woman's perspective. She's like, that rat just took my book. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I, there's a lot of moments where, like, the rats are doing wild things, and you're definitely questioning your sanity if you are a character in this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, especially, like, come later with Linguini. It's like, how how would I feel if I saw this happen? Would I, would I like, acknowledge it, or would I just be like, that's a, that's a rat. That's a rat doing something. Uh, I, that rat is, I, I must be imagining, I must be having a manic episode. Because, like, this is nuts. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Remy does not make it onto the boat. Yeah. So he gets, uh, he chooses a direction. He, like, ends up in Paris and away from, and, like, separated from his family. And this so is... he's, like, in Paris and, like, he, he meets up with the ghost of Gustavo. Uh, and, uh, and like it kind of cuts from there to our very first introduction to Alfredo Linguini, uh, a real life name for a real life character. Yeah, I, I, I do want to say that this the scene of them going through the sewer, right? It reminded me like I feel like I've seen this somewhere, and I have. It was uh, flushed away. Do you remember flushed away? It was a Nickelodeon. It was a Paramount movie. Um, about uh, no, I don't think so. It, it was like two rats getting flushed down a toilet or something, and they're like going through the sewers in a very similar manner to this. And I kept thinking, like, man, one of these ripped off the other. I'm not sure who, but they came out practically the same time: 2006 versus 2007. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't remember anything about that movie. Yeah, that's uh, the only thing I remember. It was I just do them remember going that it exists. Drain. Yeah. 
So the most awkward introduction scene ever. Linguini is super weird. He's such a weird guy. Yeah. Uh, he's like, he's like, the chef's like, how's your mom? Because, you know, Linguini's supposed to be Gustavo's old friend or whatever. How's your mom? Uh, she's good, I guess. Uh, she's fine. Uh, and the guy's like, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, but she believes in heaven, so she's covered. Uh, afterlife. Afterlife wise. Yeah. I wrote that one. It's down like too. so weird. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he's such not, a weird guy. He's not good at talking to people. He's not good at much, actually. I, I don't know what he's good at because, like, I, I want him to follow Being his Being related to a rich guy? I guess. And he, I think I think he would make a great waiter. He's really good at skating. I, I think that his passion is, is like, inline skating or, like, ice skating. Because he's, like, he's really good at being a waiter on those skates yeah. later on. I, I, I yeah. can't help but feel like, man, he's, he's, he's in a profession that he is not good at and he doesn't like. So, like, maybe he just needs to chase his bliss somewhere else. But he doesn't. I think at, at the end of the movie, doesn't isn't he like the waiter of the of the store at the end of the movie? I feel like that's yeah, and, and that's better for okay. him. So that's good. Good for him. Yeah, that's better for him. <laughs> He's like, I am trying to get a job, and the chef's like, Well, fuck off. We don't got no jobs. And and the uh, sous chef's like, Well, we've already hired him. What? It's like this funny like. Yeah, he's behind like, the scenes. You don't get to hire the, anybody. Like, politics. You you don't hire anybody. I hire people, and then he's like, we we he's the garbage boy. Oh yeah, that's fine. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, he, <laughs> he's not gonna cook. <laughs> he's like, he spills the thing. Uh, Remy's like watching with Gusto, and Gusto is like, oh, but take a look, he's ruining the soup. And Remy, being the culinary expert that he is, he's like, I've got to fix this. I've got to do something. And uh, when he sees Linguini fucking up the soup, he jumps down there. He's trying to leave, uh, and he has to help. He has to jump in. And so he's, like, doing these backflips and throwing, like, celery and, uh, and spices and salt and stuff into the, into the soup. And Linguini's just, like, watching while this, like, masterful culinary skill is happening <laughs> yes yeah, so this is the moment where you're like questioning your sanity like what exactly am i watching here <laughs> am i is, is he like trying to eat the soup what is what's happening no he's doing like backflips and dropping spices in what is happening yeah so he doesn't kill him automatically he like puts him under a colander and the chef gets really mad because the soup gets served and it's served to a critic who loves it. So way to go, Remy. You're good at cooking and stuff. Yeah. He's, the, the rat is super good. They think it's Linguini. Uh, very, very like, uh, very ironic that they think it's Linguini. Linguini knows it's the rat, but he can't trust that it's the rat. He thinks he's crazy. Um, for, from his perspective, he's like, man, I, I, I guess I did a good job. Maybe it was me. Maybe I'm just having hallucinations and i'm just really good at cooking <laughs> yeah he takes he takes like he's told to take and kill the rat right yeah. and like this is where like the crazy starts to really come out he's like pull he, he's like holding the the jar with the rat in it with uh, remy in it over the, the like river like about to kill him and he's like holding him in like this menacing way like instead of just throwing the rat in or whatever yeah uh and they're like he's talking to him he's like 
<laughs> He's like, what did you put in there? Rosemary? That's a spice, right? Like, I know things. <laughs> no. No. He's like, uh, well, I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty good at cooking, right? And Remy's like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess. He's like shrugging his shoulders like, yeah, I'm pretty good. And <laughs> it takes a while. And then he, Linguini's like, Wait, wait a second. Are you nodding? Are you like shrugging your shoulders? What is happening? Are you? Can you hear me? Can you acknowledge that I'm saying things to you? And he's like, yeah. This is like this is the weird moment. This is like, okay, I have to be losing they, my mind. They. This is like the we have to like make them make everybody understand that this is not crazy in order to like move the the plot along. But really, we should spend like ten hours right here. <laughs> yeah. This is like uh, let, let's do some tests. Make sure that you actually understand me. Pick up, yeah. um, pick up the the blue one. <laughs> the, here are three cards. Pick up the blue one, and th- this is what I would be doing. I would be like, "There's no way this is real." Lift your left hand. Okay, you did it. Try try pulling my hair like a marionette. <laughs> okay. Well, they anyway they they decide to be on the same team. Yeah, uh, they work they, together. He invites he invites them to, he invite him to his home. He's like. You can sleep here, right next to the Paris City side uh, skyline. Things are looking up for old Remy boy, and yes. then they he cooks him breakfast in the morning. It's like nice. They're like yeah. building a friendship. There's this class system thing again, where he's like, um, he ran off. He took all my food. I should have known better than to trust a rat. And like, ooh yeah, that's like that. That hit me. I was like, holy shit! Like, that seems. That seems rough. It's like it's basically that's, yeah, supposed that's definitely to be. like hardcore classes. Definitely yeah. like hardcore. Yeah, I, I think it's supposed to be the idea, or like the original idea. I guess was like if we look at it from a perspective of Remy as a homeless person. That's that's what I am imagining. Remy as a homeless person, or like anybody who is yeah. No, yeah. I mean, like we said, that he's a stand-in for, like, poverty or, like, people who are, like, looked down on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, this I'm is, imagining that's dark. Remy... I actually did not read it that way the first time through. Yeah. And that is, like, a really interesting place. You're right. Yeah, he, he's, like, a homeless person. He's dirty. He's not someone that you would expect to be in one of these restaurants. If someone sees him, comes into a restaurant, they would probably kick him out um, because he's, he's like, dirty and smelly and... Uh, and likely to steal your food and leave your apartment after you kindly invited him in. But in mm. this case, he's a clean, He's he likes to keep his paws clean, and he's cooking you breakfast. He didn't steal your food, he made you breakfast for you. Yeah, breaking down those stereotypes. Yeah. So, the next thing place that we go, though, is uh, to the, the kitchen for the first time. It's going to be like a big day. Uh, you're going to help me to learn how to cook. And there's this, like, awkward, what part of my clothes are you going to go in? Because you're not allowed in the restaurant, which, like, goes back to what we were saying. There's, like, this moment of, like, we need each other. I don't know how to cook, and you can't go into the restaurant by yourself. Like, you, like, aren't allowed in there, right? Yeah. He's, like, he's trying to find the best place. He, like, looks down at his, his he opens up his boxers, and he's, like, uh, I don't know if you know. Want to go in there? His boxers have the Incredibles logo on it. I don't know if you noticed that. Ah, I didn't um, see that. No. <laughs> but like he, he's like, I don't know about that. He, so eventually, he just like puts him in his back, and everybody is like looking. If Linguini wasn't already a weird enough dude, the, he comes in and he's being very odd. He's being odder than usual. He's being like. Basically having a a, a a mental breakdown, like, manic episode. 
he's like shivering and like grabbing things and like falling down and like slapping himself. It was a very yeah, funny the, scene for me. Um, the bites, the bite and slap scene is really funny. I was, I was <laughs> like really, hilarious. really laughing. I thought that was hilarious. I want to go back. Something I forgot to say that I thought was really funny was the line right after Remy is like, uh, "Yeah, I mean, I guess I can cook." When he was, he's still in the jar, and uh, Linguini looks at him and is like, "Don't be so modest. You're a rat." <laughs> I, thought, I wrote that down because I thought it was funny. Back to the kitchen. Okay. Yeah. So they are um, they they're searching for something, and the the chef the head chef is like, recreate the soup. You have all week. Just recreate the soup, and I'm gonna be watching. Yeah. And eventually, they figure out that humans are all marionettes. Every human is a marionette. Yeah. The chef guy says one thing while they're like t- figuring this out. That's hilarious because he's like. I'm getting familiar with the vegetables. Like, he's just, like, trying to figure out something to, like, get to say. And he's like, one can get too familiar with vegetables, you know? (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah, you don't want to get... Don't get too familiar with the vegetables. I think that's probably the sexual joke of the movie. I think it has to be, right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what else it would be. (laughs) He's in there in the dark with the vegetables, and it's like, yeah, maybe maybe don't be in the fridge by yourself anymore. (laughs) Because who knows what you're doing to these poor vegetables. (laughs) So they they figure out that humans are marionettes. They practice at home, and there's, like, that really... It's so funny! The dramatic scene with the knife and, like, him, like... (laughs) He picks up the knife, and it's like... And then he's, like, really good at chopping. It's fine. Yeah. They, like, pour wine on his head, trying to give the wine to to, uh, uh, Remy. It's, like, it's a funny scene. It's, like... So, like, I was thinking about it. This movie, because of what it is, um, a lot of the time Remy can't talk because he can't talk to the people. So, like, there's a lot more, like physical humor in this movie yeah. uh, than a lot of a lot of Disney movies and like this was a really good example of that like you can imagine like a whose line is it anyway skit where like like where somebody's playing in somebody's hands and doing the exact same thing it's like it's that type of humor and I think it's hilarious it's the same thing with the biting and the slapping like uh, kind of slapstick humor yeah or like the, the when they're he's trying to put pasta into the pot and like uh, just a little bit, and he like shakes it out a little bit. Uh, 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 a little bit more, not quite. A little bit more, and it all dumps out. But he gets one one piece into the pot, and it's like, okay, maybe I can figure this out. Uh, or like yeah. flipping the omelet out of the window, <laughs> like the whole fucking pan, and it like breaks a car. <laughs> yeah, like that. That stuff is really funny. You're right. The physical humor in this movie is is interesting, and maybe not something that we see in other Disney movies. So he finally figures it out. They are in the kitchen. They recreate the soup, and the head chef is like, way to go. You recreated the soup that you did uh, several days ago. Good work. And then he's like, Colette, you're in charge here. This is this is your duty now. You're going to teach him how the, the kitchen works. Oh, fuck yes. Oh, fuck yes. So <laughs> here we go. Remy goes up to Colette, and he's like his awkward self. I like, I understand Remy. I like, I'm there. You mean he's like I'm honored? Oh yeah, Linguini goes up to Colette. You're right, yeah. and he's like, "I'm honored, honored to work with you." And Colette fucking stabs him. He, she throws a knife into his shirt, and is like, "Listen to me now. <laughs> <laughs> How many women do you see in here?" 
none or just you and it's because hot cuisine which i i'm just reading this verbatim hot cuisine is an antiquated hierarchy built upon uh rules written by stupid old men stab rules designed to make it impossible for women to enter this world stab why am i still here stab because i am the toughest fucking cook in the kitchen i'm not gonna jeopardize shit for uh for you like i'm i'm here for me it's like a very intense scene yeah she's like this like badass like superhero right yeah uh like hardcore coming in uh, uh kind of sets you up to be like antagonistic like it's very like it's a very intense scene and then she just grabs all the knives and like walks off yeah she she's pretty much a badass Th- this whole scene was like setting up her uh, what you think is going to be like a, a problem for for Languini later that dealing with her in the kitchen is going to be like aggressive and it is kind of it is kind of aggressive later on yeah, she's also making up, like, she's making really good points. She's like, yeah, like, I have to work hard to get here. Like, I'm, like, you you just plopped in and, like, cook something. Like, I've spent my whole life training for this. Yeah, and that, that goes back yeah. to the class system thing. And the, the, the idea that, like, she's been doing it for years, trying to get to a position that she can, like, be recognized as a talented cook. And she went to, like, because... school for it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, man. So like, this. So there's this like montage, right? Where like she's training him, and this is so intense. Like he's chopping vegetables, and Colette comes up. You waste time and energy. You think cooking is like a cute mommy thing, like mommy in the kitchen. Well, let me tell you one thing. Mommy never met hell of rush of orders. I've seen some shit, man. I've been there. Chop faster, <laughs> motherfucker. Keep your station clean, or I will kill you. Like. Yeah. <laughs> she's so intense. It's so good. Yeah, she's being a little a little <laughs> intense. They they get it done. I love it. I love it. Yeah, they they get through. They they make sure that all the vegetables are chopped quickly, and it's it's good. Now that they are working as a team, they figured it out. And, they're like and, they're like bribing the chefs. They they're like they're, the chefs are bribing people. The like grocers. The like we have some hardened criminals around here. Lalo ran away. That guy's a gambler. That guy did time. That guy runs guns. It's like, you think I, like, because of the bit that I'm sort of playing, like, that's, like, not a joke, though. Like, that is the real thing that happens in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, yeah, he he killed a guy with his thumb. <laughs> it was a pretty good scene. That that whole sequence with the, the, the uh, sous chef is funny. Yeah. All the while that this is happening, the head chef is like briefly g- getting glimpses of the rat right he he knows he sees the rat and then every time he does he like does a double take and it's gone and it's like he's picking up his keys or he's like checking the vegetables and so the head chef feels like he's losing his mind but he knows that he's not he knows that there's a rat here and so when when the guy from the the his lawyer comes in to talk about the will he's like that the, the Linguini, the boy, and his rat—they're—they're—they've got me in this cat and mouse game, running around like a, a like a cat with a ball of something, string. <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah, string. That makes sense. I won't play his fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> Probably string. That makes sense. So, and, and then we find out that with the letter that he delivered 
to to the head chef that Linguini is Gusto's son. That's kind of a fun turn of events, which means that he is technically the heir of Gusto. It's been like two years, and somehow Gusto's only child uh, it has turned up in the last month before the two years is up, and it's like, okay, wow, that that's good, good storytelling. That's good movie movie magic right there. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it feels uh, like a, like a, a a soap opera. Like this happens right at the last minute. Yeah, and like that's happening, and so like he basically is like, well, I, like this is the thing though. The villain is like, I don't even know his name. He's like sort of a weird villain. He's not that good at anything. Like he hasn't decided what to do about it, other than like be worried about how the guy is like making up stuff about rats like he's like yeah he's like freaking out about the rat and that's really it he's like maybe it's not the rat maybe it's something else like maybe he's just playing me with this rat thing like he's like a crazy guy he doesn't he doesn't have a plan he's just like like maybe we'll just have to wait it out i guess you know yeah uh and then there's this the other scene where where they he comes in and says like the, the one of the customers is asking for whatever is new. He wants linguini, and they're like, "Okay, tell them he, they'll get linguini." And he's like, "Okay, linguini, this is your time to shine. You're gonna make this one really disgusting sounding dish involving calamari and something, 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 and licorice, and it's like really, really gross sounding." And Remy is like, "Yeah." His nose is turning up to it. He's like, "I don't want to make that. That's gross." But they, they make it, and then all of a sudden Remy's, like, pulling him differently, and he's like, I, I can't. Oh. <laughs> it's so funny. It's such a good thing. He, it, like, this scene is hilarious, because he's just running around, like, looking at it from the point of view of the other chefs, he's just, like, running around, grabbing stuff, and putting it up to his hat. <laughs> running around, like, with his head down next to the table, running around and putting it next to his hat, and keep running. And he looks so dumb and puppety. And it's like... <laughs> he runs around, he picks it up, he, he sniffs it in his head, and then he's like, uh, oh, I guess I need this, and then he, like, stops for a moment before the fridge, and he's like, thank you. <laughs> and then he... <laughs> This is, like, the perfect, like, characterization. If he was not so awkward, this would be, like, a weird thing to happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> but because he's so fucking awkward, it's like, I appreciate you. Yeah, to, to, them, to them, he's, like, this just food genius that is, like, he's got, it, he's got his own method, but it always works. And so you just let him do it. He's, like, running around and putting things up to his head, and... Nobody's stopping him. He's like, I can't take that. I physically can't take that spice because it's not going to work for the dish. And so he's like making his own sauce and Colette's like, what are you doing? That's not what the recipe calls for. And he's like, no, trust me. If I could, I would. I would definitely stick to the recipe, but it seems that I am I... not able. <laughs> and so he makes his own sauce. To Colette, he's just yeah. some crazy person. And then at the it end, looks so funny. he stops her. He like puts his arm down before she can put the sauce on. And he's like, she looks at him like, no, um, don't you dare. <laughs> and so he, he pours on his own sauce and he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it gets taken out. And the muse is, made me do it. Yeah, it is. It, it's good. It works out. It's perfect. Everyone's celebrating. 
They have to make tons of this dish. Everybody's drinking. It's weird how much drinking is happening in this movie. Like, there's there's a lot of drinking already. And then they get drunk. Uh, Remy, like, not Remy, but, uh, like... Linguini. Linguini is, like, being made to get drunk by this asshole guy. Yeah. Uh, asshole chef bad guy who's really bad at being a bad guy bad guy. Yeah, he's like, uh, have you ever had a rat? Do you like animals? And he's like, no. Uh, do, do you like rats? And he's like, no. Uh, do you, have you ever seen a rat? And he's like, no. Uh, pet, pet rat? Lab rat? Are you living in squalor? Do, do, you, do you have a rat that lives in your head? No. <laughs> he's like, why do they call it he's that? He's so drunk. What, why, why do they call it ratatouille? It sounds like rat and patootie. Rat patootie! <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it is not exactly a, a, an appetizing dish sound it doesn't sound appetizing no but But, like the chef is like so mad he's like i just pulled out this like 700 hundred dollar bottle of wine and like literally got nothing from it (laughs) yeah and he's like he shows him his empty glass and he's like unfortunately we're out of wine and goodbye (laughs) clean up (laughs) yeah linguini just leaves (laughs) but then we have this this part of remy come back out this side of Remy that has been lost his family comes back yay he he finds his brother and he's like brother's like you gotta come back and see everybody they're you gotta come check out the colony and he's like I don't know I got stuff to deal with here but I guess I can visit and then he has to explain to his dad like I'm not staying I can't stay I've got a job basically I it's my job it's my calling right like it's my creative calling like i feel happier doing this than i do sniffing food right yes but then reintroducing his family kind of reintroduces his his nature of providing for his family which they they make seem like a bad thing because it it is stealing like it is taking it goes back to that take versus make and he i guess he he believes that because he's doing good work he has the right to to take like he can do both he can do both as long as it's it's sort of like on an even scale but as time progresses right. it's becoming less and less even because he's helping less because Linguini is learning and also he is taking more because his family's becoming more prevalent and he needs to provide more food for them so like yeah there's this interesting like contrast between take and make that is like becoming a, a harder scale to equalize yeah, there, he's like, he's being pulled in two different directions. He feels like he's being pulled apart. And it's partly because, like, his family is not, like, being supportive of, like, who he wants to be. Yeah. And, like, who he is. Yeah. Right? So there's this scene where he is in, um, he's in the head chef's office, and he's talking to the picture of Gusto, and he uh, sees all Can the we documents. go back? Sure. So there's this scene... Where, so we go from that scene, like, there's this, this, it's very dark, but then we go to Linguini, like, hung over, like, super hung over in the, in the restaurant, right? And, like, Remy basically, like, has to marionette him into, like, a standing position, so that way he doesn't, like, lose face. And Colette, and, like, Colette's talking to him, and marionette, like, marionette Linguini is, like, just staring at him with sunglasses on, like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> What like, the fuck you want with me? And Colette's, like, really, like, trying to talk. Like, 
I like mentored you and like I tried to help you and like you're just gonna like leave me in the dust like nothing and he's just like Marionette Laguidi is like whatever <laughs> Remy's like I, I don't I don't know what to do here what, what am I supposed to do <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so she like slaps him and says like I thought you were different I didn't have to help you I could have let you drown and <laughs> and so like he gets he wakes up he like follows her out and it's like I, it's not me. I I would love to have followed your recipe. I love your advice. And like, there, and then he like goes all crazy. He's like, puts his hands in his armpits, and he's like, I have this thing. He, let me just tell you what's going on with me. And it like looks like he's about to say, he's like, I have a tiny chef who tells me what to do. <laughs> yeah. He's up here, and he yeah. like points at his head. <laughs> he's in here. Okay. <laughs> Cool. I, yeah. Uh, so you're like a prodigy then. Yeah. Is that what it is? No. I. And she, and he like he's walking closer and he's like acting all crazy and she like pulls out the mace. And he's. You like, want to know? I'm such a good chef. I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> you gonna show you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you. you. She's like gonna mace him. Like I would too. He's a fucking nut. So <laughs> he's like crazy. <laughs> uh, and then Remy just like pushes him forward and makes him kiss. And like it still looks like she's gonna mace him because like. Holy shit! <laughs> and then, and then she doesn't. But she's got to be super confused. Like, what are you trying to tell me with this kiss? That you're really good at chefing because you're really good at kissing. That you're like a creative soul. I don't understand. Like, you could like figure out a lot of things that it could be, but it's wild. It is a funny scene. Yeah, it's it's good. Like, he's just so bad at talking. That's all it is. Like, and and nobody questions the other stuff because he's so bad at talking. <laughs> Yeah, That's he can get away with some shit. <laughs> so we find out in the in the room in in the chef's office with the documents, and Remy mm -hmm. discovers that he's Gusto's son, and he steals the documents right as the head chef comes in, and he's like, "Stop that rat! The rat's stolen my documents!" <laughs> he's like chasing. He's doing this full-on action movie chase of this rat with a couple of papers. He's like that rat. This is the most he says like, it several times. Moot part, yeah. He Stop says, the rat! <laughs> the rat! It's stolen my documents. He says that a bunch, and I'm I'm thinking as I'm watching it, like he says that. He already said that. Why is he saying? He's saying it to a passerby on the street. That rat stole my documents. <laughs> <laughs> he says it to the guy. The guy who's he he almost gets hit by a car. He he looks at the the he puts his hands on the hood of the car and is like. A rat stole my documents, and then he runs off. <laughs> he comes up to a. This doesn't actually happen. This is what I'm imagining in my head. He comes up to a homeless person. He's like, "That rat stole my documents," and the homeless guy's like, "The government's listening to my thoughts." And then <laughs> he jumps onto a boat. It's it's just like a crazy scene to me. It's great. It's a lot going on, and I love it. It's like it's the most like actiony scene that we have. <laughs> it's and it's it's unnecessary. He's like chasing. They like jumping through boats and like running around the city and like yeah, it's like super low stakes. It like in other any other imagination, but like because of what is happening, like the rat did steal his documents. <laughs> and, and, and he knows he has to know at this point. He's not crazy. He he actually got his documents stolen by a rat. Yeah. And then suddenly Linguini has the documents. So like. 
he has to know at this point. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, so Linguini becomes like the official new owner and is rich, and things look good. Yeah, uh, he's got this very great new apartment. Like, it's super They're cool. They're all. Uh, uh, Colette and Linguini are like going on like uh, dates and it's like nice and they're happy and then ego shows up and I mean Linguini's ego not the character ego yet he's he's like talking to the to the uh, press and he's he's saying uh, man like I'm just like what's your inspiration well really I'm my inspiration why are you good so good at things well it's in my blood it's in my DNA like I, I'm good at things because of like, because of how I like, because of my like who I am, which is like kind of the opposite from like Gusto's story that like he, Gusto is trying to tell, which is that like anybody can cook. It doesn't ha it doesn't come from DNA. It isn't natural or innate. It's not like certain types of people can cook. So like he's like very much walking away from like his like ideals you know because well, he doesn't know he doesn't know the answer that's the only answer he can come up with is like well i'm gusto's son so that must mean i can cook right yeah you're right though he, he's going against what gusto's like whole deal was yeah but he gets like hit in the head with the pan because remy's upset they have a falling out and a bunch of remy's friends and family show up after their fight and remy's like you know what fuck it bring, bring everybody we're gonna steal all their food and they go in, and, like, Linguini catches them. He's like, I'm sorry, Remy. Like, I, I shouldn't have gotten mad at you. You're right. You, you're doing all the work. You're the, I literally do nothing well, and I'm taking all your credit. And then all of the rats mm. come pouring out. And he's like, get out of here. You're not welcome here. I'll do it myself. And Ego is coming tomorrow. And it's like, shit. It, it's, yeah. It's a pretty dramatic moment. And Would you say it's the most dramatic moment? I would probably say this is this is the most dramatic moment of the movie. Yeah. What do we do during climaxes of movies? I well, I think in the past we've done this thing where we have like a, a, a segment where our our good friend Yauza is out there on the the yard on his log and he's it's it's hot out still. It's you know the end of summer, so he's maybe got some water since we last talked to him. Let's see if he's got anything to say. It's a segment we like to call it Yowza's Log, by the way. Yowza's Log! Yowza's Log. Yowza, do you have anything? Are, are you alive out there? Um, uh, well, hi, and uh, welcome to uh, On on the Back Log with Yowza, also known as Yowza's Log, also known as uh, one of the segments in this show. I, I come to you guys today with, with a heavy heart. Because Josh and Tony have just been berating me, and it made me feel real bad because they said, "Look, Yowza, we're trying to do big things for this season of on the front porch with us." And they said, "Hey, Yowza, your logs are shit, and they're really poorly researched, and they never add anything to the discussion." You're really bringing the whole show down and other hurtful things. So I just, yeah, I'm feeling a lot of pressure. And I'm just glad that uh, Tony and Josh allowed me to try again. And maybe this season will actually be decent. Um, so anyway, today I, I did a lot of research. 
and I found out some interesting things about rats because it's about Raptatui. And so here's the interesting thing about rats. Um, so you know how they're supposed to be scared of cats, right? Well, that's actually not true because uh, the first guy that talked about rats being scared of cats, um, his name was Apollonius Fideatus. Um, anyway, he was sort of dyslexic. Um, and the long story short is that he wrote that rats are scared of cats, but actually what he meant was rats are scared of scat. Yeah, scat. Um, now, if you don't know what scat is, scat is like a language that was invented by jazz musicians um, so that they could improvise words uh, to their music, which you will often hear in elevators. Um, now, uh, there, there is a little bit of an interesting story because uh, somewhere it used to be common knowledge that rats were scared of scat, not cats, but somewhere along the line they sort of got conflated together. Um, have you ever heard the term jazz cats? Yeah, well, you call someone who is a jazz musician a jazz cat, and when the jazz musicians scat, the rats are scared, so people started to think that just like Apollonius Fideatus um, had written, that rats were scared of, of cats, like jazz cats, and not the scat. So it was really just like a big misunderstanding. And um, it's actually pretty interesting. The place that I found this out was when I was researching about uh, jazz cats. Um, and you can actually um, sort of see historically how the, they were jazz cats because of that movie Aristocats, uh, in which there are many jazz cats, uh, which is a movie that I recommend you watch and then listen to the podcast for. If Tony and Josh have done the podcast for it, I don't really know. Um, but if they have, you should definitely listen to it. And if they haven't, you should tell them to watch it because it's full of very interesting historical information. And, um, yeah. Um, so, Ratatouille, um, he should not be scared of cats, because that's inaccurate. He should be scared of scat. And, uh, so, if, and if you don't know what scat is, I'll do, um, uh, an amateur scat for you. And I'll sort of, I'll try to talk about Ratatouille a little bit as I scat, so um, I'm going to try not to go too fast so that you can keep up with me, because, you know, sometimes I shoot off at the mouth, And but anyway, um, so here's my scat about Ratatouille. Rat-ta-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-
Skillyby Bamboo. And so, yeah, that's my scat, and I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, Tony and Josh, if you're listening, um, I hope that this was like worth your time and not complete garbage. Um, and yeah, thanks for just having me on the show. And um, uh, yeah, I'll I'll uh, just get back to shutting up now. Um, thanks. Uh, bye, guys. Have have fun this season. Excellent. Thanks, Yaza. True story. While we're recording this, Yaza is sitting in Paris. Yeah, this he, is like a real thing that's Paris happening. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that he's going to have something hopefully good to contribute to the conversation. So that was Yaza's log. You can find him on Twitter at CT Yaza. Anyway, back to the movie. Very dramatic moment. They uh, Remy's like talking to his dad. He's like, I guess you were right. Humans suck. And his dad's like, yeah, you should come back to the colony and sniff for poison again. And oh, 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 oh. He, what? earlier i guess not right now but when remy's dad shows him who uh remy's dad's name is django by the way just they never mention it but he's named for uh, uh, a belgian jazz pianist i guess is is who he's named after anyway he shows remy this shop in paris it's an exterminator shop with like a bunch of dead rats hanging in the window apparently that's a real place <laughs> that's a real thing in paris Oh, gross. Yeah. Like, just dead shot. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I hate that. Anyway, so he's like, yeah, Dad, humans suck. Uh, let's let's get out of here. And poor Linguini is stuck doing all the ego stuff by himself and not being especially successful because the ego shows up right at the beginning of the day, right as they open, and they are ill-prepared, mostly because there's not a marionette rat around. <laughs> because the rat tried to come but got caught in the trap of the evil chef. Yeah, and he he's like he goes inside. He leaves him in the trunk and goes inside to also hide behind a newspaper and get whatever Ego is getting. But like there's this really odd thing with Ego where he comes in, he sits down and he's like the waiter's like, "What can I get for you, sir? Do you know what you want to have as your entree?" And Ego is like, "Yes, I would love a I would love a a good helping of perspective." And the host is like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you mean. And he's like, no, I would love I would love some perspective. And the host is like, yeah, but that's not food. And Ego's like, <laughs> yeah, but like, I would love some uh, some good crisp quality Listen, if perspective. if you don't have perspective, I can go elsewhere. And he's like, I, I'm sorry, are you looking for food? And he's like, yes, <laughs> if you cannot provide perspective, I will provide it myself for whatever dish you do decide to bring out. And the host is right, like, but what food do you want? Yeah, but like that's not fucking food. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a menu, and like if you name something that's not on the menu, that's fine. But like you got to name food. Like I just asked <laughs> you for your entree. Uh, perspective isn't food. If it, I don't love it, <laughs> I don't swallow. Right. That's not. Doesn't help me. And this poor like waiter <laughs> is just like stuck here and doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and so like, he finally he's like, whatever you feel like, whatever he dares to bring me, and okay, I guess. But I want this specific wine. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what what wine pairings can you suggest for perspective? <laughs> It, it was just a weird scene. Anyway. He's uh, such a weird guy. I freaking love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's a weird guy. So the the rat dad and his brother drop a, a thing on the trunk, like uh, uh, a gargoyle on the trunk, 
and and the trunk opens and they're able to get Remy out and Remy's like I've got to go do food I've got to go back they 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 need me ego's coming and they're the dad and brother are like you can't keep doing this and he's like I have to so he goes and then we have this really like nice moment where he just walks right in the door and he's ready to take whatever beating comes to him and Linguini yeah. stands up. They're for like him. coming up with like knives about to kill this rat. Yeah. And like Linguini stands up for him. Yeah. And he's like, you can't kill this rat. This rat's behind all of the food that I made. I know it seems stupid and I know it seems crazy, but this rat is a chef. And, and I- all the chefs are like, uh, this rat is not a chef. You've lost your fucking mind. I'm yeah. out, yo. <laughs> but like he proves it. He puts the rat on his head and the rat pulls on his hair and his arms do the same stuff. And it's like weird okay but if you saw that in real life what you would think was happening is that he had trained the rat and like the guy was like moving his arms <laughs> yeah i mean it is crazy i i don't know what i would have done i guess i would have been like them and just walked out all of the chefs walk out including colette which is dark yeah and yeah yeah and so eventually she comes back but all of the rats come in and they're like listen, this is important to you, and that human just stood up for you, so I guess we're in. Just tell us what to do. And right as they're, they're all inside the kitchen together, listening, l- looking like an audience to Remy, and the health inspector walks in. <laughs> and, it's so strange! And they have to go kidnap the health inspector and tie him up. Alpha team goes and, and picks up the health inspector and ties him up, and <laughs> right as Colette comes in, and Colette is looking at them throw the health inspector into the freezer tied up and she's like okay I guess I'm in this uh, <laughs> so we're doing crimes then yeah I guess I guess we're doing this uh, all of the rats go through the dishwasher and they are all like fluffy and clean and they are like doing teams like you're on fish you're on soup you're on this you're on this and it's like a really cool system. Like we already saw them work together really well when they were in the vegetable yeah. closet. Like they were before when, when when Linguini caught them, they were like dropping food at the same rate and like one comes up and grabs the next piece of food and one grabs up and like it was like a really good system. They work together really well. And so the fact yeah. that they're here working together really well as a uh, a cohesive unit under Remy's suggestion is really cool to me the yeah. fact that they are able it's, to cook by his his advice they they have a super strong community which is great yeah yeah so they I, um they they do it they they start cooking and they're like being very successful linguini and, doesn't know how to do anything so he just goes out and roller skates around and he finds his true calling yeah it's waitering on roller skates yeah it's, it's like what he does best and he kills it he's the only person there and he's like killing it he's doing awesome he's like refilling wine and like taking orders and like picking up yeah he does not spill the drop it's like amazing yeah it's incredible this is his true calling absolutely yeah and colette when when colette comes back she's like talking to remy and remy's like we're gonna do ratatouille and she's like are you kidding me like okay i guess you're the chef let's do it oh Um, no the exact word she uses that's peasant food yeah like like talk about like like revelation about like what are we looking at here we're looking at like classism like yeah like straight up and down that's peasant food we shouldn't like we shouldn't serve that to ego yeah but like ratatouille's like that's like what's what it's about like, rather, rather 
Yeah. Breaking down the it's class It's so good. System. Anyone can cook, and, and, and the food doesn't matter. It's about what you do for the food. What do you, what do, you do to make the food better? Mm. And so, because food food is beyond class. Food is, it doesn't matter, you know, where it comes from. Food is food, and, and if it brings you joy, if it brings you, like, this experience like Ego has when he tries the ratatouille, then it, it's quality food, and it means something. It, it's It's art. If it's done in this way, and it, it, it if it matters to the person that makes it, and he can tell when when ego tries it, he's like, "This is." We we see him like go back in time to when his mother was poor and brought home ratatouille, and made him this like bowl of of soup that was what ratatouille was, and and he like flashes back to then and is like having this moment and he comes back and he's like wow this is like amazing he drops his pen in slow motion it's very dramatic it's really cool i like that scene yeah it's it's a big revelation moment i love it and he, and he wants to meet the chef he's like i i want to meet the chef and and linguini's like well it's not actually me but maybe you can meet him if you stay until after all the customers have left yeah and so he waits it's like it's this he's he's waiting until everyone is gone they bring out the rat. They explain everything, and he stands up, thanks them for the meal, and then leaves. And they all—it's like a night of terror for them. They—they they don't know what to to think. They—they're all like back with their family. Linguini's with Colette. They are—they're um, cleaning up. They're like celebrating, but they don't know how it went. And when Ego's review comes out, it's like jarring how. Honestly, this this like monologue that he has, his, his his review of this food is probably my favorite part of the movie, if I'm being honest. It's mine, too, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's just like, it brings everything together. It ties everything together and like puts a nice little bow on it. He's like, he says like the, the so like the po- most poignant part, he says that like, I used to think that when he, that when Gusto said anyone can cook, that he meant like literally everyone can cook at the same ability. But what he was really saying is that it doesn't matter where you come from, like you have the ability to become a cook. And it's like a very like different way of looking at it that like anybody with the right training and like the heart and the like soul of like being like able to like push and like express yourself like artistically in this way like can be a a cook and like you can get something out of it that is like creative and like uh impressive and interesting and new uh and it's like such a like a good moment um yeah like a really cool powerful place to end the movie yeah and and he's like he says possibly i i stand by the fact that this is the greatest chef in paris Mm. and i will be frequenting this establishment in hopes that he will make this dish for me again and it's like this really nice moment ego does not give good reviews and this is like this is a life-changing experience for ego it it literally changes his whole persona to be a kind man something that he smiles for the first time in the entire movie when he's eating it you know and he yeah like he he's a whole different person after he tries this food it's a life-changing food and so Obviously, they get shut down because rats in the kitchen means that you're going to get shut down. But ego is... Um, also, kidnapping means that the people who did the yes. kidnapping are going to be go- going to jail for a few months or years. Yeah, but yeah. They, they can't 
convict a bunch of rats. Right. <laughs> so, but no, like Ego is an investor, uh, a small business investor, and he invests in Remy and Linguini and Colette's new kitchen. They, they're making a new a new restaurant um, that just happens to have a sub restaurant for rats above it. Which I don't know how you're going to explain that to the 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 people making it, <laughs> but good luck whenever you're you're going over the architecture and how how you want the place to be built. Yeah, I want like a little floor above everybody. No, no, no. Colette built that shit by herself. Like you know, Colette knows how to do that thing. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's true. Ordering tiny little tables and chairs, uh, tiny yep. little candles. All, all adorable. From get, get it from like Barbie sets. It's fine. Anyway, there's uh, a line out the door. Tons of people in the bistro. It's great. Yeah, and and Ego is there, and he's like their most loyal customer. On top of being their investor, and he's like, uh, Linguini goes out and serves and says like, Would you like any dessert? And he's like, he looks at the window and he's like, Surprise me! And it's like really nice. It's like a good moment. Remy's like, You got it through the window, and it's like. It's a really nice moment. I I like the fact that we end on like the overview of Paris, uh, like the, the them looking out the window and like we see Paris at night all lit up and the sign that says La Ratatouille. It is yeah, uh, and like and the 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 statement that's being made that like the like the people who who like everybody sort of come together in like their love of food, right? So yeah. like the the rats are in the bistro the people are in the bistro like it's a it's more democratic it's for everybody yeah. granted they're not eating together because rat, rats are still uh in real life not allowed to eat with people yeah. most of the time yeah but we see like the change in the rest of of the the colony they're all like they're enjoying each other's company they're sitting at tables they're being more human and they are like talking to each other there's still like a really great moment where his brother like just shoves some food into his mouth because he's conditioned to be that way but like at least he savors it now you know it, it, it's it's fun this ending I, I really like this ending and then we have the fin at the end instead of the end because it's a it's an indie film it, the only thing that would have make it made it more indie film for me is if parts of it were in black and white I, I don't know. I, I, I guess you don't get that, but I felt that way through the entire movie. I still don't get it. Yeah, not at all. I, literally through the entire. What movie. like what indie movie are you thinking of? I don't know. Like just just the typical indie movie tropes. Like bad college kid makes an indie movie, and it's like oh the, yeah, there's a there's character the the big like god character that's like Gusteau with the father he's dead and then the son has to take over the mantle for the dad and there's like there's... so you mean like amateur film yeah like you don't mean necessarily indie film well I, that's how i perceive indie films i don't like indie films because i perceive pretty much every indie film that i've ever seen that way oh man we need to talk we we can watch the movies that you like you probably like some indie films i mean like seven psychopaths is technically i guess an indie film but like it also had big name people in it, like Christopher Walken and stuff. So like, yeah, I I guess not all indie films, but like really shitty indie films. Anyway, it's fine. Whatever. That is <laughs> it for the movie. We want to thank you for listening to our podcast, our our good good podcast. We're in season three now. We've got a couple episodes lined up here in the future. One with Sam Tyler that's going to come out in two weeks. That is one that we did over summer vacation while we were all together. 
it is going to be we watched oh god we watched robin hood that's what we watched that one was pretty fun with sam tyler i hope you enjoy that one that was coming up We've got a couple other things in the work, probably a couple more guests coming on. We're going to do the shorts episode again, probably just before the finale. That's a ways away, but something to keep on your radar. We also have our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check that stuff out. You can find us on all three of those places, at Front Porch Disney. You can find me on Twitter, at Front Porch Josh. You can find me at Front Porch Tony. Yes. You can find Yowza, like I said earlier, at CT Yowza. You can use the hashtag front porch talks to let us know your thoughts on the episode you know like if you have something to contribute to the conversation we definitely want to hear about that sort of stuff if you have movies that you'd like us to watch for season three let us know using that hashtag as well so that we can see it also find us on itunes and rate subscribe leave a review all that stuff that really helps us to grow the other way that we grow is by word of mouth tell a friend get them to start listening as well with season three here, we want to we wanna grow as much as we can and, and share with everybody that we think will enjoy it. So if you can share with some buddies and pals and friends, do so. We would really, really appreciate it. Tony, you got anything else? I don't believe so. I think that this wraps up a, a movie that was fun and about rats. Yes, and about cooking. Uh, and about cooking. With that in mind, Tony, sing us out. Man, I have like literally no clue. Josh, sing us out from a Rat Pats song. Uh, I don't know. This is uh, this is bad. What are we gonna do? There's like no songs yeah. in this movie. Uh, La vie en rose. Yeah. It's like French. Yeah, that's French. Sure. Okay. I mean, I guess we're just gonna do a cold close. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Leave now. <laughs> what are you still doing here? I don't know that song either. (laughs) Hold me close and hold me something, something. Goodbye. Stop listening. Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two on the front porch with you. Hey, Dawn, remind me again how most people watch TV shows. Really? That's silly, Rachel. They watch them the totally normal way. They start at episode one, and then they move on to two and three and so on. Hmm. Okay, I was thinking for our Quantum Leap podcast, Beckett to the Future, we could try something different. Different, you say? Yeah, different. Like, what if we watch the episodes in chronological order of the dates that Sam Beckett leaps to? Would we still discuss all the cringeworthy moments, review all the historical accuracy and inaccuracies, and do detailed reviews of Al's outfits? Of course. Won't it be heckin' confusing, though? Of course. Okay, let's do it. Listen to Beckett to the Future, a Quantum Leap podcast, every Thursday on iTunes and BeckettFuturePod.com. Oh, boy! Oh boy.